You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day. Stay at Whole Foods Market. A one, a two, a one, two, three, four. <laughs> Another beautiful day on the Victor Bravo Golf Course. The sun is shining. The birds are about, and there's a certain buzz in the crowd. Michael Michelson steps up to the tee box. Fifteen hole here. Drivers recommended. <laughs> is he a caveman? Because he's suddenly clubbed that one. What do you reckon, George? <laughs> I mean, did he hit that with the dictionary? Because that was a terrible read. <laughs> oh, g'day. This is golf. Andrew Dado's my name. Nice to have your company. Hey, now, a week ago, a week or so, I spoke to a lady called Manda who was telling us about her daughter who's on the cusp of greatness, possibly, uh, and maybe even making it to the US Kids Open. Uh, and she talked about her daughter's first coach, and that was Daniel Blackwell. He was the first one to answer, in fact, the only one to answer the call for help. So I did say if I can get a hold of him, we'll have a chat. So that's what this chat is today. Now, Daniel has had a terrific golf experience. He's either been the head pro, the teaching pro, or the assistant pro at Kuyonga, Royal Adelaide, Royal Hobart, uh, Lion Hearn or Leon Hearn. Uh, there's a driving range, there's Kingston Beach, and there's Tasmania Golf Club. So he's got a huge experience, and he's now working uh, with a mob called Swing Index, and they incorporate AI in the training and he's a coach's coach so he's coaching coaches to use the tech for the rest of us it's a really interesting story and it's a good one and it starts at a dairy farm in uh, <laughs> in tasmania and i loved it so i love talking with him and we began as usual uh with how'd you get into golf so this is daniel blackwell I grew up on a, a dairy farm about an hour uh, north of Hobart, uh, middle of nowhere, a place yeah. called Eldersley. And uh, they happened to have a, a, a nine-hole uh, golf course there. My great-grandfather at the time, he was the patron of the club, um, and his name was Walter. And he, uh, he actually bought me a couple of clubs, um, and it's like a Dynacast uh, forward. Uh, yeah. And, and it was a ripper of a club, loved it. I was only just talking about it with my wife the other day. We're using like the persimmon woods on the uh, on the Open Championship or Scottish Open. There wasn't that much to do out there, <laughs> and yeah, you know, I had my brothers and sisters, so just needed to make sure that yeah, you know, I found some sort of interest, and uh, I'd just get out out in the paddock and just start smacking away the balls, and you could just do it when you when you wanted to do it, and yeah, you know, there's no pressure of any kind. You just only the pressure you put on yourself. It does. It does sound like the um, a dream scenario for an unknown in the last round of the Masters, you know. And and they go grew up in a dairy farm in <laughs> Tasmania. <laughs> right? That's it. So yeah. It's you know it's it feels like a long way. So so what what do you think it was? So this was literally eight years old because. Mm. When Manda talked about you, she seemed to think that you, as a three-year-old, that was, you went, oh my God, here's, I've got a golf club and I, and you just fell for the game then. Yeah, I think um, potentially before I was gifted those clubs, uh, you know, I, I may have just appled in, uh, you know, a plastic set or whatever. I can, I can actually recall um, my, my dad was uh, uh, building a, a you know, garage, a shed, and we had like the, the slab that we were about to pour the concrete on. 
and I had this like old uh, plastic set and I actually had a ping pong ball that was wrapped up in plastic, you know, to make it firmer. So yeah. I could get it greater distance. And I can actually recall this. I, I uh, uh, was out in the paddock and I, and I dug a hole out of the slab and put a stick in there. And, and I, I, like, I think it's like 30, 40 metres away. And I've, I've hold the thing. I've smacked it. It's rolled in and it's gone in the hole. And, and I still remember it. And I'm going, oh, yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. Right. <laughs> and the chances of that happening ever again, you know, is very right. limited. So how old were you then? Jeez, uh, I, I must have been, I'd have to be seven or something like that, yeah. Okay, and then so after that, then your grandfather. And what what the what was club was your grandfather at? Uh, Eldersley, yeah. So okay. he was the patron, yeah. So he donated some farmland uh, for the new location of, uh, or part, part um, um, location of it. And, uh, yeah, so he, uh, yeah, just thought one day it would be a great idea and my uncle played I think at the time uh, a little bit as well so he invited me up there and uh, beautiful golf course amazing people yeah so hang on so, so is it really a beautiful golf course oh absolutely it- yeah like it was known for a long time just to having like the most luscious fairways you could find in a nine hole regional course in Tassie right and yeah. um, you know then obviously uh, over time you know run by volunteers you know you can't rely on that forever but uh, a beautiful course and uh, it's nine holes. Uh, you have dual tees uh, to the one green. Yep. Um, yeah, and there's a you know beautiful golf uh, hole, like the second hole, par five, huge dog leg, and it just seems like it goes forever. You know, real hard dog leg dam on the right. If you hit too far through the fairway, you're in the dam. Uh, then you have to almost like huge banana slice it around the corner, and then the uh, the green is like amphitheatre by this huge big uh, hill. Yeah, it's, it's amazing, and, and you'd have like the third hole positioned behind the uh, second green so you'd have all the people watching you hit shots in so for for a youngster who you know potentially showed a little bit of promise like it's like oh here's the tournament sort of feel you know i've got someone watching me yeah you just like to stiff that approach shot (laughs) and you're going daniel blackwell son of a dairy farmer (laughs) (laughs) so um so you obviously got you were good early were you uh did you go on to be club champion of of that club and yeah yeah i had a um a pretty quick rise, I would say. Um, I, I guess one of the uh, downsides, I think, of growing up in the in the country, it's like you don't know really the pathway because you know, you're you're not around those sort of people in the industry. Yeah. Um, so I just went out and practiced, and then uh, yeah, I, I found out that I needed to have a handicap, and I went to the course, and yeah, you know, I had like this real hot run, you know, like three or four weeks in a row where I'm just like smashing the the net scores, uh, and then it came down to a, a pretty low mark. Um, but yeah, I went. I think my first handicap was twenty-two, and then uh, and I was all self-taught, obviously. Um, and uh, yeah, and I got it down to uh, I think about two, two. two wow. Hand. Yeah. So your grandfather didn't have a go at your, your swing or anything? No, was someone... no, no, no. So, all, all and the reason, yeah, yeah. the reason I the reason I ask is because <laughs> I know that you're now co- like you know you've had a great run coaching, and mm. you and we'll talk about the, where how you're coaching now and this mm-hmm. new whole new system but mm-hmm. was there anyone who in those early days had actually said try this do this get here oh mate i, I think every every member at the golf club was <laughs> to, to be my coach you know um a lot of it i, I would you know australian golf digest was probably my coach yep and i remember i, w- I went to a uh because uh, my mother was a nurse at a, a country hospital and uh we went to one of the markets on the on the weekend and and I, could, I think I still have it down at my parents' house, but there was a, uh, a binded old uh, Golf Digest and it had Greg Norman and he was holding the uh, the gold jacket in the Aussie Masters. Yeah. And I think that's how it started off too. Like I'm like, oh, there's a couple of cool little tips in here. And, and that's how I learned really because I, I, we didn't have the luxury of YouTube or you know, online coaching. So, yeah, um, yeah there'll be a handful of people that I'd run into along the way that may suggest something, um, but I was a pretty headstrong sort of fellow. So... I'd uh, pay attention to what I felt like I needed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just sound like any middle-aged man going to the doctor, really. I just hear what I want to hear. And, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Given the way things have changed now, what do you think about those times of actually learning from a magazine and and learning from other people, just sort of telling you, giving you something as opposed to a fully structured? Oh, it has uh, two benefits, I think. Uh, you, or you look at two ways. Like, I think when you – the luxury of now is there's so much information available, and that can both be – you know, helpful or, or a hindrance uh, and you need to put a lot of trust in people as well in terms of like these athletes that are competing now you know they've got their whole team around them uh, you need to make sure that they're right fit for you uh, that's that's one of the things that's really stood out in, in what I've learned 
um, over time. Uh, and in comparison to being uh, more autonomous in terms of your own learning and, and uh, picking up pieces, I think now reflecting on it, the way that I grew up, the way that I learned the game probably made me the coach I am. Okay. Because uh, I would look at it, I probably just did things more naturally, uh, less intervention, uh, not too many crazy concepts. I found triggers that worked for me. Uh, the piece of land that uh, I used to practice is like five acres uh, where my uh, parents relocated and we had this huge big oak tree in the middle of, yeah. uh, of the paddock. So, and at the time, um, the only iron that I had, Andrew, was like I had the four wood Dynacast and I had a Greg Norman blade eight iron. Yeah. And just a part. Cobra? A cobra? Uh, it might, no, I think it might have been sporting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, and it yeah, triggered a memory. Like, and I used it that much. I wore the number off it. I wore the number off it. That's how much I practiced. Right. So, um, yeah, it's pretty hard to do now with these sort of clubs, uh, the modern equipment. Uh, but I think what I learned from that experience is, uh, again, I'd chuck a, um, yeah, a, a, pretend flag in the in the hole and I'd wedge it in between these two trees so I had like this little uh you know small capture area uh but then I'd learn to try and hit flop shots over the, the oak tree uh, with this eight iron uh try and hit like low shots underneath uh yeah the punch shots and obviously it's windy and rainy and you know you're yeah. playing the British Open basically <laughs> um, and yeah but it's those skills that you sort of now through my coaching and reflecting on my experience as a player uh it's those exploration skills that you uh are used for coaching you know? yeah and um, so, so how important yeah. is that how important is that element of fantasy especially for a kid to 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 be like to do those imaginings because i i wonder if i wonder with all the information now and all the expertise and all the gadgets and all the swing plane gizmos that you can mm. give to a 10 year old for instance mm. Mm. Did, are we losing that sense of um, of, of wonderment of going? Yeah. Hey, there he is, Greg Norman. If he just gets it under the oak tree, he'll, <laughs> you know. He'll yeah, just... yeah. I, I think uh, it, it does depend on the individual, but uh, uh, certainly with so much information, so much technology, and almost uh, too much of a con- controlled environment that they're learning in, uh, then yeah. the players can potentially become quite one dimensional in their skill set. Uh, and I was watching, uh, like on Fox Sports, I had uh, like the duel uh, between Watson and, and Nicholas and I was talking about the equipment uh, and they were talking about like the old, you know, <laughs> rubber, rubber band yeah, ball yeah. and, and yeah, how yeah. they would just spin like crazy. Uh, if you respect what they played with back then and then using uh, their skills to create ball flight as opposed to now where rather than having like the nine ball flights that you'd learn off like high, medium, low, you know, fades and draws. Now it's more just like low, medium, and high. It's straight. Yeah, so, and that's that's how they attempt to play the game now. So that that artistry has certainly uh, shifted, I would say. And it takes quite a lot now to create a ball flight nowadays because yeah. all the clubs are self-correcting. They're almost like trying to get this straight ball happening, so you can go hard and fast and straight. Yeah, I think so. What it's a, so we're now chatting the day before the British Open, mm. before the Open begins. Mm. And I think it was Tommy Nakajima. So I watched the 86 um, Open, which Nor- yep. I think it was 86, but Norman won, beat Nakajima. Yes. And, yep. Yep. and they have this fantastic shot where he's, and they're showing it from the green angle and he's hit the ball low, like almost at the camera. <laughs> and then the ball just like ballooned straight up. It like it was like a fighter jet going. Yeah, straight, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And I remember those those sort of shots, and they're, and they're just the shots that you don't see anymore, aren't they? So that's, oh, that's right. And that's the ball and the clubs and the hole. And I get, and it's sort of stupid, I guess, to to have these road colored glasses about how great things were because they are amazing now. But mm-hmm. it seemed to be a bit. Was it more? I mean, was it more fun? And and is that part of the thing of teaching kids as well, trying to keep that sense of fun in there oh absolutely like uh oh i had, I had a blast <laughs> i had a great time um trying to find whatever i could you know we had quite a lot of uh slopes as well on the on the paddock so ball above the feet ball below feet hitting off clay uh hitting around the fence line you know yeah, wow uh, it's fabulous and uh it, you know, i was just very lucky and fortunate i would say um so what so what happened then so there you are you're young you've got this club to yourself you've 
turn it into your own British Open. You're in Tassie. You're in like the middle of nowhere, right? Mm. What happens? What happened next? How did you actually be, work your way into becoming a, a PGA professional? Yeah, great question. Um, so over time, you start playing at a higher level, I guess. Um, and we had our country pennant, uh, you know, which I was a, a yeah, I'll call it like a spearhead. Oh shit! Here he comes. Yeah, here he comes. Here he comes, <laughs> Daniel. He's a uh, god. This guy. Yeah, my first pennant match. I was like four down after six, and yeah, and we had a, one one fella. He was like nearly seven foot tall on our team. And he goes, Daniel, don't take it too seriously. You know, I'm like, well, yeah, I'm here to compete, mate. You know, <laughs> uh, um, and I managed to bring it back to, and I, I think I won two two up or something in the end. Uh, but I made this like yeah, gorgeous putt. Uh, to, to cap it off in my first pennant match. And that was like, well, oh, this is pretty cool. I want to see what else I can do with this okay. game. So you're playing like your local uh, you know, junior events, your local amateur events. Uh, again, not really knowing the pathway. Um, I think I missed the boat. Well, I would say I missed the boat in terms of uh, like state selection and, and that sort of thing because I was just doing what I, I was doing. And, and what uh, were you playing with by this point? <laughs> well, <laughs> Another funny story. Uh, so my first set of clubs, proper set of clubs, I actually won them uh, through the Saturday competitions. You would get like this $30 voucher, right? Yeah. And I went into the local, well, it wasn't like, it was the big store in, in Hobart. And uh, and I... So done, yeah, the local store. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. That's a joke. That's a joke. <laughs> and, yeah, an hour away. Uh, and... I'd have to go in and... You rode your horse to get in there. Yeah, and, yeah, pretty yeah. much. It was goats, actually. We had to get goats. <laughs> yeah. um, and anyway, uh, so I, I purchased my full set of irons through my winnings, uh, which, like, was great because I was like, I felt like I, you know, really... Uh, well, so, you, you, yeah. Yeah, tec- technically, you're now a professional golfer. Yeah, right? yeah, that's so, right. Because... <laughs> and uh, sponoed. You're sponoed. And guess what they were? They were PGF, oversized inceptors irons. So they were like this huge, big... Head. And I reckon I played with those um, for quite a number of years. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then over time, uh, usually I, I better upgrade uh, to match. And that's when you start getting more involved with uh, like the bigger events and you see other players, you know. So were you embarrassed by your inceptors when you got to the, the, the first bigger events or were you going, dude, hey, no other tool heads got inceptors? Yeah, what? Well, I These don't guys know if I was embarrassed. So... I... I, I I just thought, oh, this is different. Like everyone else has got these, you know, cavity backs or, you know, blade clubs and I've got these oversized inceptors, but I can make them work. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I just stuck with them. Like I thought, well, I'll play with them until I feel like there needs to be a time when I need to gain more distance or, um, you know, more you know, playability, I guess, in time. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, so that was pretty cool to, uh, to uh, you yeah, know, earn that, I guess. Yeah, something I'm quite proud of because it did. It took a lot of time and effort to do that. Not every Saturday you're going to win the thirty bucks voucher, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's actually in the full set of clubs from that. That's something that I was quite proud of. As a, I, yeah. I actually think for anyone who plays club golf, the 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 thought of actually winning whatever day it is, so whether it's your Saturday or your Wednesday or Monday, yeah, and actually getting some money in your account and knowing that you can go and get free free balls, yeah, yeah, is is um, actually fantastic. So for being a kid, so. So you've you've done pretty well. You, I'm gonna assume you had delusions. No, no, aspirations. Delusions. This Probably delusions. You had. <laughs> I'm gonna assume you had aspirations of grandeur. You know that you were gonna go pro and take on the world and actually play the Open. Yeah, like um, you soon find out. You know how good you really are. Uh, and I'd have, I'd, I was uh, almost like the, the big fish, small pond syndrome, right? Which almost like you could potentially, um, you know, get ca- carried away with that. Uh, and yeah, there were a handful of times where I came across some really, really good players and I'm like, well, that's just the way it is. I have to work harder. Uh, and then uh, just through some connections, uh, I, I, think I heard about like uh, the PGA of Australia and I'm not sure how I first heard about it, um, but anyway, like I, I thought, well, uh, and I spoke to I can't recall his name, but I spoke to him at the time, and he said, "Look, you either do you really want to do a traineeship, or do you want to go and qualify for the tour?" Because the qualifying school was a lot different back then. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I thought, well, it'd be great to have a career in in golf, um, and 
you know, at this, this point I'm, I'm sort of like my late teens uh, and to make a bit of, you know, a bit of crust on it, I, I got into hospitality, um, you know, worked at a, uh, a local, oh, sorry, I, I can't say the local, a, 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 a restaurant. It was a fine dining restaurant. I shouldn't say it was local. It was a fine dining restaurant on the uh, waterfront of Hobart. Yeah. And it was, um, so I'm this country boy who, you know, uh, plants blackberries have gone to this fine dining restaurant and I was the worst waiter ever. So they chucked me behind the bar and uh, I did pretty well. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, fabulous place. Um, and, and there was a, a Greek restaurant uh, and they came in, the owners came in, they were from Sydney. Uh, they said, we're going to be here three years. We're going to do it really well and then finish after three years. And they did exactly that. And it was one of the best experiences both professionally uh, personally for me because you really worked out what like, what hospitality is all about and what great service is all about. Okay. And I use that for my coaching. So, um, so you know, cutting a long story short here, but then looking at, well, if I went into the PGA and I thought, well, I, I meet all the credentials here, uh, handicaps low enough, um, you know, I've, uh, I had the interview and uh, I was fortunate enough to get uh, into um, the PGA scheme and uh, started a traineeship under Doug Murray at uh, Tasmania Golf Club. Okay. Yeah. So, so what? So, tell me, just tell me about those lessons in terms of what you learned from hospitality. Mm. In terms of coaching, was it was it making? Is it as simple as making everyone feel special? And I mean, is that one of the things about coaching as well? Or? Oh, absolutely. Well, you need to be. It's as a coach, you need to be athlete centred, not coach centric, right? So, uh, you need. To Sorry, be, say that again. You need to be athlete centred as a coach. Yeah. Not not coach centric. Not all about you know. I I say you do. Um, that's not the mentality that you want to be. I believe as a coach, you know, uh, you need to work your, with your tools to help the player and uh, support them as much as you can. Okay, so it's about the player, not about you. Yes. Really. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I'm curious. To, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on why you say really, though. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm j- j- joking, actually. No, it's a big. It's interesting because uh, I, I remember the first time I went to a coach it was Steve mm. Ban actually yeah and yeah and I was you know I think I don't know I was probably playing off eight or nine or something and he's mm. and I said I need a lesson and I just was doing some stupid stuff and he goes are you here to become a good golfer and you prepared to work or you just want a quick mm. fix and I went mm. well what does work mean he goes it's going to take a year to rebuild your swing and I went no mm. he goes all right then move your right hand around a bit mm. hit a couple okay see ya and it was literally that. And I think it was literally that. He didn't um, try and dress it up and make me feel good. Or it. He was like, are you either here for a long time and we're going to make you really good? Yep, yep. Or you can piss off. Well, the thing you can look at uh, in terms of coaches can make a great income with the, the one visit, quick fix, one and yep. done. Right? They can make a good living out of that. They just churn them over if they're in a popular... Churn and burn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> But if you want to look at going well, if you want to leave a legacy as a coach and have impact, which is what I, you know, what I embarked on, uh, yeah. then you need to treat the the customer well, and and I think that's where hospitality certainly uh, I learned those skills because you need to, you know, we'd have the who's who of uh, whoever came into the uh, the restaurant, and um, you need to give them the the most greatest experience possible that they'd talk about it and come back. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, that meet and greet is exactly what you would do as a coach the first time you meet someone. Yeah. Where sometimes I think we see an industry where that doesn't occur and you say, okay, yeah, what do you want to work on? But no, no background of like, okay, uh, you know, who are you? What do you do? La, da, 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 da. Right. Um, so how much, of, how much of coaching is psychology then? And how much is the tech? Because it it seems to me every time I walk past the so we've got great coaches. I play at Long Reef, oh yeah, and terrific coaches there. And every I see him hitting balls, and I see him talking a lot. And often the talking is, it doesn't seem to be that much about golf all the time. It just seems to be about stuff. Yeah, maybe well, other stuff. Yeah, and the chatter, uh, the banter. I think that creates the experience as well. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of if it, if the banter is technical knowledge dumping on the student, then it's overwhelming and they're not going to learn a thing. Yeah. You know, okay. like if you could uh, recall a lesson you may have had and you've 
you know, you've been told a dozen things. Um, you know, good luck trying to remember all those things. And, you know, the golf swing's over like that. Yeah. And you're trying to remember 12 things. It's it's not going to happen. So, okay. you know, that's, that's where I think you would look at having that opportunity to uh, ask some questions back and forth. You know, that rebuttal between the coach and students is really powerful learning. Okay. I just want to go through your list of – so Tassie Golf Club, Kingston Beach. Yep. At the – Golf Park, Hobart, Driving Range, Head Pro. Um, is it Lanhearn? Yeah, that's is right. Is that the, yeah. that's the first club? Yeah, so we had, um, so I guess, the, a bit of the history of the Tasmania was the traineeship. Uh, and my uh, my first boss, he actually owned both pro shops, which is quite unique. Uh, he okay. ran Kingston Beach and Tasmanian. And I, I recall when I went into the PJ scheme, um, I, I rang around all the uh, the club pros and, and only one rang me back and that was Doug. And Doug said, oh, look, I'm actually putting on another shop and I'd, yeah, would you like to try this out? So um, so having that opportunity, traineeship, and then I end up becoming a club pro there uh, at Kingston Beach over time. Um, and it was the biggest, uh, I would say it's my biggest failure as a in the professional realm, like I did a really poor job of it. Like I was 22, I was a club pro 22. All of a sudden I'm managing staff. I had no idea what I was doing. Really right. no idea. And it didn't last long. I, I, I ended it. I said, no, nah, look, I can either go down this track and, and try to make something of it, but it just didn't fit. Um, we had our worst flood in 50 years. Uh, we hit Your fault. Up. Yeah, my fault. Yeah. <laughs> and the global recession hit again. Your fault. My fault. So... Uh, so there were a lot of things stacked up against me there. Um, yeah. So in the end, I'm like, well, look, that's time to get out. And uh, I dappled into the coaching side of it when I did my traineeship. Uh, yeah, Doug got me into coaching juniors right from the get-go. And okay. I, I just had a huge passion for that. I enjoyed it. I thought, oh, this coaching stuff's pretty cool. And okay. It was through that party as a head professional that I'm like, oh, you know what, let's, let's give coaching a go. 
you know, countless applicants for that. And I said, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to get this job. I did whatever I could to get it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, recorded, uh, uh, like I wrote down all the, the potential interview questions, did my research, recorded it, uh, audio, video. So I presented very well. Uh, and then I needed to back it up and I was fortunate enough to get it. Uh, and uh, the demographic there, you know, obviously very accomplished um, clientele there. And uh, yeah, and, and it, was, it was a great club to be a part of. I was there, uh, what, five years, five and a bit years. Okay. Yeah. But so, so what about that question of dealing with people's resi- residual golfing damage, yeah, so the psychological? At, yeah. Every time, I, every time I get to the third, I just know I'm going to cut it out of bounds. Well, it's, yeah, I, exactly. Like, I, um, it's a matter of perspective and it's a okay. matter of do they have the structure of, around their behaviour to let go? Do they, are they able to let go of a poor experience? Um, what happens when they reach that uh, particular point again? Uh, do they, have they trained in those necessary skills to uh, interpret it differently and put in a better path to, or a better plan to execute it? Okay. Yeah. So looking at those, those sort of... But if uh, you, I, I get the feeling if you said that to a guy who's 65 and talked about pathways and plans and... Mm. and it, like, well, I'm talking to you as a, as a, as a, yeah. Oh no, 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 I know. But, I, but like, uh, if I, if I had, if I had a senior there, uh, I would be asking him the questions. Well, okay, well, what was it about this uh, particular uh, shot that scares you? Uh, right. What, what can you recall a time when you uh, hit a shot like this quite well? What was the difference? Yeah. So then they start telling the story, and as soon as they start telling the story, the emotional connection comes in, and then they can access their best stuff. That's okay. that's how I would coach it. Okay. I'm talking to you in podcast mode. Sorry. Oh no, 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 yeah. no, no. But no, but this is the whole thing. Like yeah. it's, but this is what I think is really interesting is that mm. um, the, the emotional connection to certain moments in mm. any in any well any life experience really, yeah. but certainly in a golfing experience, it's yeah. like you know we all have places where you get there and you go. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> uh, there I was. I last week I put one in the piss here. Uh, yep. uh, and it's yep. very hard to. It. So what's it. so when you say if you can find the right emotional response? So if someone's sort of playing a game and they're going, how do I? Or, you know, they know they've got something coming up. Uh, what the monthly medals coming up in a couple of weeks, right? So mm-hmm. how do you, is there a way to sort of get yourself to that better point of or better state of mind? Mm. Well. It- the practice, the potentially the limited yeah. practice that they um, may have in lead up to the monthly medal, uh, if they're fortunate enough to have a range or uh, able to do a few rehearsal swings. I think that the positive psychology, positive imagery uh, is really powerful and even just closing your eyes and making a few air swings, just trying to recall the feel of a successful shot or uh, the visualisation of uh, the ball flight that you're looking for, that yeah. can unlock quite a lot of uh, natural um, yeah, movement or patterns. Uh, okay. As a player, no matter what skill level. So, uh, and I, I think coming back to my junior days in the paddock around the oak tree, that visualization is really powerful for me. So, yeah. I'm able to describe uh, different uh, images and, and get the, uh, the the students to recall what they it, see and, and then find some sort of happy medium. Yeah, it's really lovely the oak tree um, story, and it makes me think of the Cracker Brothers, who I think they played, you know, played for North Melbourne, right? And they, apparently, they had a they had a tree with a bloody hole in it or something, and they kicked the footy through. Remember the yeah. Cracker Brothers? And they were yeah, the freak, yeah. just freak goal kickers. Yes, yes. And so they, and it was all about this hole in a tree or hole in the branches, and they just slot the ball through there. And well, it's like Macro in the uh, the washing machine, isn't it? You know, just trying to chip into a washing machine. Yeah. Um, so, so now going from like the emotional attachment to the game you're now in a, in a really interesting area of um work as the chief learning officer with swing index mm. and part of that is ai and mm-hmm. ai learning and mm. ai assessment so t- just tell me how that works yeah so swing index is a, an online coaching platform so uh say if you were the customer you would uh, submit your two swing shots. Uh, we encourage swing shots from out on the golf course. You know, so the true environment is which you measure someone's swing. Uh, we would then uh, look at the 21 elements, which is broken down into five sections. So set up, turn, leave a path release. And we'll create like a three, four, five step roadmap uh, based off what we see, uh, which we believe will help you reduce your and improve your typical miss hit. So what's your, what's your typical miss hit? So, 
Well, it's a great question. So sometimes it's right and sometimes it's left, but it yeah. seems to be more. It, it seems to be more left now. Okay, and it yeah. seems and it seems to be from a um, not believing it's the right club. I've got too much club. I'll just hit it softer. Uh, Fascinating. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 a little bit stronger uh, grip in the left hand and a bit more weight in the left heel for impact, and that might just hold it off. Okay, well, I'll have to write that down now. Uh, so, okay, so, um, so just on that, and and without wanting to sound, mm. hoping not to sound cynical, mm-hmm. if you have two swings from an amateur sent to you, mm-hmm. right? So, I I think we all know as amateurs, we probably swing quite differently, quite often. If we're swinging into the wind or a side yeah. wind, or you know, yeah. or it's a still day, or if it's a driver versus a chipper, yeah. What about chippers, eh? Hey? Yeah. What about chippers? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, How's your chipping, Andrew? <laughs> no, 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 I actually was talking about those chipping, you know, those chipping clubs. Those, um, oh, the, oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Anyway, so but so given, given our swings are probably quite different, how does it work with that? Yeah, very good question. So we look at uh, pattern matching. So understanding how each of those elements, the 21 elements, uh, influence club face and, and uh, club path. Uh, so that comes back down to my role, training the coaches to identify those patterns and uh, set up the roadmap accordingly. So we're going to give you a success. You need to uh, go away and work on the element one segment at a time, return the swing shots. Uh, we either pass or fail you depending on uh, your feedback, what we see, uh, and uh, you won't complete the roadmap until both parties are kind of happy of where it's at. Yeah, wow. So- yeah, it's, it's a really cool system. So um, we call it a, a dynamic roadmap and uh, we are having some yeah, some great fun with it, yeah. It's great fun telling people, no, you failed. Now, yeah. how, how, so in a, per, in a personal, you know, um, lesson, it's probably quite, nah, not like that, Barry. Hey, Barry, just Barry, mm-hmm. try and get a bit more on that, whatever, but like online. Yeah, well, what's uh, the art of it is, the annotations. So we do the voiceovers and what we do differently to a lot of the online platforms is the footage is a still image. Okay. So that gives us opportunity to uh, create and draw uh, almost like feedback stations or specific tasks externally for them. So we might be able to draw, uh, you know, some goalposts or the imaginary nine ball flight. Um, okay. And then also getting footage from out in the golf course, we can use certain shots out in the course to train the better pattern. So let's just say if you're a slicer, um, you would probably want to hit some shots with the ball above your feet to shallow your path and swing more around. So we'd get students to submit those. Okay. Yeah. All right. So it's it, it's in a sense, it's kind of like a personal lesson. It's just at your own personal time, yes. effectively. Yeah, it is. And it's, it's on their own schedule. That's... Uh, I'd be part of it, yeah. Radio, and now so this is with um, it, this is Swing Index, but it's also part of with TaylorMade Plus, isn't it? Yes. So TaylorMade have uh, they started off with uh, three TaylorMade apps and have merged it into one, um, and it's called My TaylorMade Plus. Uh, so it has uh, some information about the tours, uh, equipment. Uh, there's a uh, on. That like a course uh, scorecard component, so GPS tracking, and then there's a coaching component, and we have uh, Swing Index integrated with it, and uh, so we are the so Swing Index is the coaching platform for TaylorMade, um, and at this stage it's only available in the US, uh, but Swing Index is available global. Okay, now how hard is it to coach the coaches? Uh, the process was quite lengthy, uh, deliberately. Uh, so I put out an ad to the PGA of Australia. Uh, and I said, I'm after uh, six coaches. And uh, those coaches had to uh, go through like a, a couple of levels, I would say, until they got to the final stage. Uh, so they were required to uh, do like a, a video presentation about themselves. Uh, they needed to uh, video and send through their best drill, the one that they feel is the most impactful. And then also they had to do a video analysis of a swing. And then from there, um, what we and I think you would agree with this, like the importance of and the success of a company is the people, you know, the yeah. culture and, and how good the people are. And I wasn't so much looking for best technical coach. I was looking for the best person. Okay. And we have a great group of coaches 
and it's it's quite a funny Zoom call because we have like a couple of South Africans um, which are, came in externally, but uh, and then uh, a few uh, have uh, applied, a coach from Shepparton, have one from uh, down uh, uh, Links Way, have one in uh, Coffs Harbour. Okay, right. Wow. Um, and we have a couple in the UK and the US. So it's a great team, and then we get everyone in together and and have some you know, some pretty good. Uh, banter and, and discussion. Do the South Africans say things like, I'm not asking you, I'm telling you. Get it's, your uh, path. <laughs> Get I'll your bless them, you know, like the, they love it. They love the story. And, you know, um, you know, one of them just sends me through videos of, you know, baboons going through his garden. and Yeah, know, right. And, uh, you know, like <laughs> eating all his uh, fruit trees. And... This is not the way to dress on the golf course, yeah, everyone. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. They're great, and yeah, we catch up every few weeks and, and do some training, and and then uh, they're returning swing shots on behalf of Swing Index, and so we have a Swing Index coaching team, and okay. it's a, a great group. It's a small group deliberately, and uh, the system helps us return swing shots on demand because it's so effective. Okay, so so is this the? I mean, look to be honest, I'm hoping this is not the future of golf teaching because I, I definitely in an old-fashioned sort of sense, love that thought of that you go and see someone and you're having a, you know, and, and it's worked off that way for a long time that you yeah. have a personal experience. But is this certainly on the way to the, the future? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think it's here. I think online coaching is here to stay. Um, we would say that during COVID, it forced the hand for more remote coaching. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and there, there are multiple benefits of remote coaching. Uh you won't get, you won't replace that face to face. Obviously, yeah. uh, you can get damn close, you know. And uh, the opportunity of now having like a Zoom chat like this, uh, and then uh, talking back and forth between coach and student is actually quite powerful in terms of if you know the student well enough. Yeah. So a lot of our work goes into finding out more about the student and how they interpret things, how they um, emotionally, how they react, and uh, and it's a yeah, you know, seriously, you know, strong way of learning now. Yeah. And that, you have more impact too. Like, Andrew, you can, I'm coaching people over in, you know, over, overseas, um, you know, and because uh, that's where primarily our client base is. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so it's been it's been quite cool to uh, get involved. Oh, it's a, yeah, it's. A, I mean, I'm sort of excited to have a look at it and see how it actually yeah, works yeah, definitely, in, yeah. Yeah. in a practical sense. So let's go back to the very beginning mm-hmm. and how, how I – came to know of you and that was through <laughs> this mum of the eight-year-old yeah if, if you've got and that story is hilarious if you haven't heard it the dad said to the mum I think our little girl at 18 months I think she's got a gift a sporting gift I'm not sure what it is she was then given a set of plastic clubs and they go it's golf she's a golfer <laughs> right so she's now eight years old and gunning for the American, that US Open of yeah. kids golf or whatever it is. Yeah. And pretty yeah. close. Yeah. Um, Amanda was saying, so if you're, if you're the parent of a, of a kid who loves the game, mm-hmm. what should you do with them? Oh, just let them play. Let them find a way to get it done. Um, you know, from personal experience, like my parents don't play golf. Uh, you know, never have done. Um, never probably will, uh, but they just let me do what I do. Yeah, you know, I'd, I'd come home with a you know, sixty-two net, and I go, "Oh my god, shot sixty-two net!" <laughs> and she goes, oh, "I'll be like next time," you know. <laughs> I was like, "Mum, you don't understand. That's a yeah, real yeah. good." Job. <laughs> yeah. uh, but you're looking at, <laughs> looking at, Jesus, Mum. Yeah, what am I going to do? You know. <laughs> um, but looking at, I think at an early age. Probably that less intervention, the better. Yeah, yeah, they'll they'll work it out. Um, and, I, and I think that's something that I learned working with juniors a lot is I just sort of um, felt that keeping it game based. If you're clever with the design of the game, you can actually improve them in their pattern because they're growing at different rates. So, you know, limbs and body and torso or whatever. Like I look at it going, well, if you have a junior, you just need to keep them within this ball until they're 18 until they start slowing down growing wise because you're not going to try and perfect their pattern no right it's not going to happen because it'll be different next week so you look at in terms of well as long as they understand how the ball gets to where it from a to b okay and if they know 
how much effort to put into a swing depending on the distance, you know, then I think that's a, a really good learning opportunity there. So again, coming down to awareness of the club face. That's that's a, a really key thing for a junior. That's probably a key thing for everyone though, isn't oh, it? Oh yeah, yeah, I shouldn't say for juniors, yeah, for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. So your understanding of balance, your understanding of rhythm in your swing, uh, tension levels, you know, how hard you're holding onto the club. Okay. Um, and it's interesting what you're saying about the, the um, understanding the relationship of effort mm. into, so I thought you were going to say into, not into the swing, mm. effort into the game, of time into the game, because, you know, like if you're kids, there's probably a bunch of other things out there as well that yeah, should well, balance. That's it. And like I have two kids of mine now. I have three and a half year old. I have a twelve week old. And yeah, what's your twelve week old playoff? Oh mate, he's a, he's a natural. He's going to be the next big thing. He's already yeah, he's, sp- yeah, he's spitting the dummy like every day. He's yeah. got it. <laughs> but I look at it and I'm going, well, uh, they haven't really shown any interest, um, and yeah. I'm not concerned about that. I'm like, well, as long as they are keen on some sort of sport. If they are playing as many sports as possible up until they're 12 years old and then they say, oh, look, Dad, I might want to give uh, golf a go, then I'm like, sure, why not? You know, um, And I've taken uh, my eldest to the golf club um, you know, when I've coached my um, you know, uh, Peter Cook, who's a, a tour player, um, and uh, I go and, and take my son Ashley and, and watch him hit a few shots. And, you know, like, and he loves it. He, he really enjoys watching the ball fly off and how to go yeah. himself. Um, and not, like, to me, that's enough. Like, I'm not going to try and... Tell them how to hold the club, and I just go look to do what you do, mate. Okay, and then so that sorry, it's the last thing with Peter Cook, for instance. Mm. So obviously he knows his golf swing, yeah, you know, inside out, yeah. back to front, the whole thing. But wh- what is this? Is there any anything the same that you try and work on with him that you work on with amateurs? Uh, <laughs> uh, positive psychology, <laughs> you know, yeah. like a having strong vision of uh, what your intention of the shot needs to be. Um, I think that's having a good plan. That's okay. how I would say. Um, for a junior, you'd use a different terminology, but um, yeah, But I would look at it in terms of like for any golfer, uh, just having a clear uh, visual and intention of the shot you want to try and do. What are you trying to do with the club, the tool that you have in your hand, and mm. how are you going to get a flat object hitting a round object and make it go straight? Is it that is that sense of free will of of saying, all right, so there's it's the third pine tree from the right. Mm. You can just just hit it towards the third pine. So instead of saying there's a whole fairway, just get it on the fairway. Just pick a smaller target. Yeah, small targets, more precision is really key. Uh, yeah, we have. The benefit now, I think, for junior equipment and junior clinics is that there are more uh, fun targets and you know, bullseyes and things like that. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Down their focus quite a lot. Uh, you know, swimming pool noodles are the best training aid you could ever find. You know, you stick them in the ground and you've got different colours and you say, look, try and hit that. And that was a big part of the program, the junior program that I built at uh, Kionga was, and, and at Royal Adelaide. Um, we used swimming pool noodles and have them colour-coded to represent a certain shot or a certain direction, you know, and uh, you associate points to it and uh, or some sort of consequence or whatever. Um, so that's a, a really great way to coach juniors. Great. All right, Daniel. I'm talking yeah. to Daniel. I've finished talking to Daniel Blackwell now. But So, Daniel, <laughs> I've really enjoyed our discussion. And I think I'd, if everyone could find their gum tree, right? So, yeah, oak tree, big oak tree. Sorry. If everyone, could, if everyone could find their oak tree, we'd be, a lot, we'd be a lot better off, wouldn't we? Yeah. Oh, that's right, yeah. And you need to have a herd of goats beside you as well for the calming effect. And, and Fantastic. Uh, yeah. And uh, Oh, the other story too, like uh, my parents own a, a 56, uh, 1956 Chev. Uh, and it just happened to be parked out in the driveway one day, and um, I didn't hit it, but came very close. But it was always parked right behind where I put the flag, so that was the ultimate distance control constraint. Don't hit too far, because if you did hit too far, you'd hit the chev. And so you never hit it in the car? Oh, no. No, no, no. I couldn't, wouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, all right. So we need an oak tree and a Chevy. Thank you very much. Yeah. All right. Hey, 
Daniel, I've really enjoyed our chat. And um, okay. Swing Index is where we'll find you now. And yes, yeah, it's, it. It, it sounds really interesting. You know, yeah, yeah, relatively uh, new platform. Uh, we've just actually relaunched the brand. Uh, so if you look it up on the website, just Swing Index, um, you'll see Paul McGinley is actually our uh, head figure for it. Um, so I've coached Paul through the platform. I coached uh, his son Killian. Uh, Killian had some success uh, uh, the last couple of months uh, on the uh, college at Surrogate. So. Okay. Yeah, so um, yeah, great to have him on board, and and certainly a great ambassador for the for the product as well. So. All right, good on you, Daniel. Really appreciate thanks, it. Thanks very much for your time. Thanks, Andrew. Great fun. Thank you. So that's Daniel Blackwell, a really lovely guy. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, interesting. I mean, what a story from the oak trees of Tasmania uh, to literally the world of golf and that world of golf through Swing Index and using the help of AI. It sounds really interesting, so I'm pretty keen to um, to have a crack at it. So that's it for golf this week. I hope you're playing well. I've got grand hopes for our next guest. I, I, I know he's Hall of Fame. In fact, I know for a fact he's Hall of Fame. It's just which Hall of Fame he's a part of. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.